0: Welcome to the Kinky Conversations podcast, where consent is king, pleasure is queen, and exploration of sexual expression is the name of the game. And now, for your host, the delicious Zachary Phillips.
1: Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Stacia, a 53-year-old Communications manager from the United States, whose hobby is embracing her ADHD tendencies to chase the dopamine and find new and interesting hobbies. We talk about destigmatizing kink, BDSM, and HSV through open and honest discussions, healing anxious attachment through sex and connection and internal self work. We talk about sadomasochism, breath play and how Stacia loves to switch. That's the prime focus of our discussion, the switching nature between the top and the bottom, and how to be a good switch and a good sub and a good dom. Stacia shares some stories of how she uses unique and interesting forms of punishment to distinctly dominate her play partners when she switches into that role. Some of them are devilishly cruel, but also hilarious, so stay tuned for that. This conversation was highly informative and empowering. I left the conversation feeling like, yes, I too wanna to be be the biggest, baddest queen I can possibly be. I love the attitude she's bringing to the table, particularly when it comes to self-collaring. This was an absolutely amazing conversation, and I know you're gonna get a lot from it. I know I did. Just remember, stay tuned till the end of the episode and I'll play your part from the book, Kink, Volume 1. Now, here's Stacia. All right, Stacia, let's get into it. This is great. Yeah, um,
0: okay.
1: Thank you for jumping on board. Um, I put out every so often a little call to action being like, hey, who wants to jump on the podcast? You chucked your hand up. Um, you're a fellow fellow memer like me. Um, mm-hmm. with far more depth as well, beyond the means?
0: <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's, it tends to um, mirror what's going on in my sex life at the moment or my relationship or situationship, Do or you... lack thereof. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think, so people, like, assume that I'm just, like, fucking everyone all the time given the the <laughs> memes that i post it's like look if i was having more f- actual action i would probably be posting a lot less of this like <laughs> just like you know what i'm craving to do
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think it works both ways for me it's like okay this is what's happening but really i just want more ah, <laughs> like look, let's do this
1: that that is true i am um, i i started the uh the kinky um instagram account during a bit of a drought and then it's like filling that space and then like things pick back up down that path. And it's like, well, may as well keep going now. Like I'm here. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, an interesting space to play on. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I just every almost um, at least once a week, if not more, I'm posting about, um, you know, just etiquette online and just how to, how to enter DMS and just how to talk to people, you know, like it's like there's this barrier between people and there's just no, <sighs> no humanity, or it's like this sort of transactional approach, which is something I'm trying or hoping to um, help educate people on, or at least help the people that, help the people vet in the online space. I'm not not sure if you've, if you've had experiences down that path.
0: It's funny you should say that because just today I had some character drop into my DMS and say, what does switch 18 plus mean? And I'm like, did you look at my content? Cause it's kind of self-explanatory, like it's all out there. And he goes, yeah, I was just double checking. And, and I said, sure. Um, and then he wanted to know like, Oh, you're a switch. So what do you do? Cause I'm down for anything. And I'm like, why are you DMing me? And he goes, do you want me to get to know you first? And I'm like, block like I'm not not even entertaining to get to know
1: you first yeah I would would like you to get to know me first that that's a good thing but the fact that you have to ask that is telling me a lot about you
0: yeah we're just not even going to venture down that path and it's funny because I'm a bit like I'm a masochist right I'm an admitted masochist but I'm also a sadist right in my dom persona so I immediately respond and my, um, my response is always, okay, let's fuck around and find out because this is going to be entertaining in one way or another for me. (laughs) Oh, that's, yeah, I'm always, I'm always down for that and I'm a brat, so it all works out for me. (laughs)
1: You've been warned, uh, listeners, um, if you like, I'll put a link down, I'll put a link to your, um, to your Instagram, but I, I warn you, you better enter with, um, with respect. Cause you're going to get some, uh, switchy, dumb, uh, sadomasochist, uh, responsiveness. It's
0: going to um, be, it gets wild up in here. If you're a switch, you know, how the fluid <laughs> fuckery rolls, right? <laughs>
1: I did look, there's a, there's a lot you've given me in the, in the back information of things I'm going to pick at. And obviously if you want to take sure. the conversation anywhere, it's, you know, it's, anywhere it's, you want, it's, well that that's the switchy nature I suppose. <laughs> well which is which is why I wanted to ask um so like feel free to take the conversation down any path anything you want to or need to or that sort of stuff but switchiness is an interesting um interesting space. I want to ask do you do you choose what you want to embody or is it sort of like a um Almost like a like a, like a gender a gender queer sort of feeling I, I feel this way with with gender sometimes mainly I feel masculine, but then I sometimes sort of switch to a feeling of feminine right not often, but it just it happens and it's not by choice right. so so I'm wondering if if with the the dom sub switchy sort of space is are you making a choice is it receptive to the partner you're with is it a mental state and you're like you wake up it's like yeah i'm 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 dominant today yeah i'm switch i'm I'm more submissive how how does it work for you
0: um so i'm a I'm a switch lean sub um I've always like I've always had a penchant for something kinky I remember before even knowing what kink is doing kinky things like so um but I'm also extraordinarily straight um one of my hard limits is women which is really funny because I I kind of feel like I'm the queen and I need to be the queen at all times. And so that shows up in both real roles for me. So as a sub, I don't want to be cucked. I don't want to be, I don't want to see, like, I don't need to see you as somebody, someone, unless it makes you happy and you want me to watch and there's compersion involved, you know, something like that. Mm. Um, and I'm like, I'm willing to do that to see, see my partner happy. Um, but overall, like, I'm the beginning. I'm the alpha and the omega. I'm the beginning and the end. Like it starts with me, it ends with me. And and uh, so, I don't think it's ever embodied. Like there's never been an embodiment of gender for me. It's more. Uh, it's more along the power exchange. So it's all about power. Like giving up power and taking power. And when I take power, I like to. Um, I like to see my partner's pleasure, but I also take extraordinary pleasure in creating situations where they're wildly uncomfortable and pushing those boundaries. Um, because that, right, the, the, the
1: cha- chaotic neutral energy, chaotic switchy neutral energy. That's, um, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it's really, it's really, it's a funny thing. Um, I, one of my friends in the community is the funny Dom and I don't know if you're familiar with him, but, um, I think I, think he, I follow, I think I follow. Yeah. He, yeah, he's a memester as well. He's a sadist dom and he does like peer, peer-to-peer peer kind of coaching or whatever. Um, he wouldn't call it coaching advice or just sounding board. But anyways, um, we talk about switches and how people who don't understand switches look at them like, how in the hell do you do that? Because I can't even imagine embodying both because I'm so attached to one. It, and, does, it
1: does feel like there's this sort of energy that most people – seem to prescribe like I sort of lean towards dominant um Mm -hmm. and I I put that back to to like a to past trauma like a lot of a lot of stuff comes up with past Mm -hmm. trauma within this space Mm -hmm. but for me to be able to submit to someone the amount of trust that I would have to have um and also being masculine um I train martial arts so there's this sort of physicality side that Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like I know that unless I really gave you up and like you tied me up or like there was this sort of thing that it's like it's not I couldn't fully submit. And like, I don't like, yeah. there's this sort of mental block and then there's this sort of physicality block. And it's just, there's a lot of things. Like I'm, I'm, I've got a friend that's looking at doing Shibari and I've, um, I was thinking like, I wanted to go with her to like some classes and stuff. I'm not, I haven't done anything in that space yet. And then I was like, oh, maybe I should go down the path of being tied up, but you know, like exploring that if I feel safe, but it's like, it's a, Ooh, it's, it's a, it's, it's hard for me, you know? And I see people on the other side of the spectrum that are totally, submissive or in this space, they would be totally submissive. So I can definitely relate to that. Like, yeah. How, yeah. how do you?
0: So oh, how when, do I, you? when I, when I lean sub, so as a, like, as a straight woman leaning, switch leaning sub my entire life, especially at my age, right? I'm gen X. So I'm tail end of the boomers and the idea that women are to be quiet and to be pleasant and be polite and all of these things. Right. So we're automatically taught to submit to men regardless. Mm. Um, where I embody the Dom is where I'm getting over the trauma of being put in that space. Right. And so that's a challenge for me to come into Dom space and be able to take control away or, or take control and accept submission from a man. And it challenges me to look at a man in a very different way than what I was raised. It also challenges me to be in a position of power, um, when I have trauma where you know, as a kid, there was corporal punishment and as a young woman exploring her sexuality, there was date rape and you know just all of these things that went on with me. And so how do I then embody this powerful person and bring pleasure to this other person? And so it's been extraordinarily healing in for me in letting go of some of those things and embodying my full power as you know a woman who, get shit done. Cause my entire life has also been predicated on getting shit done and surviving. So it's yep. this funny little balance and it just kind of came about and it was like, okay, well I'm going to do that. And I have a crop and I'm going to, I'm going to unlock cock and ball torture and I'm going to, you know, make a man who hates being in his socks when he fucks be in his socks till the oh, very no. end, you know? Oh, oh yeah. That
1: is That is the worst.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay, there's there's a few serious things I want to go down, but okay, let's um let's deviate from the serious for a second. Yeah, yeah. I like that fucking in socks. That's terrible. Um, Mm -hmm. I um I put out a a little thing just just a couple like yesterday of a little piece of a novel I'm writing. Um, kinky erotica. It's going to be fun. But the um. It was where a dom, the little clip, it was where a dom made the sub explicitly and specifically state exactly what she wanted to do. If, if the, if the sub made it a request or like a, like, you know, can I, or maybe mm -mm, like, like explicitly exactly. Right. And people are responding back like, holy shit, that's fucking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. in that space it's like you're, cause we're taught, right? Please. Thank you. Yes. May I.
1: but making, <laughs> making the submissive mm-hmm. state exactly what they want. And mm-hmm. the other one was that I saw as a meme. I think I shared it was um, the, as a, as a punishment, making the submissive write down a list of things that they're happy about themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, so what I want is, do you have any more cruel and unusual punishments <laughs> along these sort of lines? <laughs> um, because let's let's make a um let's make a little a little list because I I got the psycho I um I like the sort of psychological torture a little bit like mm-hmm. no, no, like mm-hmm. use your words and tell me otherwise like nothing's happening
0: <laughs> yeah yeah fucking in socks that's um, icky yeah. I- it's funny because some dudes just leave them on and and I'm like, can you please take those off? Because, ew, nobody wants to just have, like, you're not going to get traction on the hardwood floor. <laughs> the traction. Like, like <laughs>
1: practicality speaking here. Like, I,
0: I don't traction. want to, but, yeah, yeah, traction is, it's not overrated, let me tell you.
1: <laughs> I, as an aside note to the aside note, I feel more naked if i am got no clothes on but shoes and socks. Like that feels more exposed uh-huh. to me than yeah. being fully nude with no, like, like if I'm fully nude, I'm less nude yeah. than if I've got shoes and socks on.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how Donald Duck walks around with just his shirt on all the time. <laughs> I seriously don't like that's a kinky motherfucker right there. I mean, but yeah, you know? if
1: it's a, if it's a long shirt, like a, like a long skirt, no panties, no, no underpants sort of situation, yeah. but gold.
0: Yeah, but Donald's just letting it all hang out at this point.
1: <laughs> okay, so how 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 else are we um how else are we making people feel uncomfortable whilst pleasured? <sighs> uh
0: throwing you you know, on the spot here. Yeah, I know. Um the socks was a really good thing. I I really like degradation. Um and really like I so I'm kinda weird in that I like to find what people's triggers are and then push on them, right? So you push on a trigger. So someone is like, oh, um, I don't like to be held down. And you're like, oh, okay. And, you know, consensually, no, I don't want to be held down. Okay. Well, let's just try holding one hand down. Is that okay? And so kind of pushing those barriers and getting in their head, like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. Okay. But okay. Oh, that's not bad. You know?
1: See, I like like this approach to limit play, right? There's obviously there's Mm -hmm. hard limits, but now, now, now the initial, the part of my brain is just like, well, you've said like a hard limit is women, but are you okay uh-huh. holding the wrist of a woman? Are you okay? Like, like, where is the actual, is it like so, you know, there, there is a line that you will have of like, the hard limit is here. It's not, it's not like, yeah, like you said with that ha- right. hand down thing. The like, hard,
0: right. So, so ooh. the hard limit for me would be actually, uh, would be actually, I think engaging in Um, oral with a woman or having a woman do oral on me or like just any of the body play that you would get into with a woman. On the other hand, um, I have talked to men who are doms uh, or switch lean dom that I have said, if you want to do that with me in the room, I have to be allowed to torture them with you. So it would be me doing the impact. It would be me degrading. It would be me Mm. like in that position of power. And again, it's the, it's the queen in the room kind of thing. And I think a lot of that too comes from, um, growing up with women being taught that it's competition to have men, right. At least in my generation, it's always competition to get a man. It's like you have to get the man, you have to be the winner. You have to da, 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 whatever mm. that may be. Um, but also I, I've literally kissed women and touched women and it's it does absolutely nothing for me sexually. I would love to say that it does, but torture would be fun for me. It, hmm. it appeals to the sadist in me, right? So anything that I could do to make that person uncomfortable or push that limit while my partner's happily riding the wave of whatever it is they're doing.
1: Yeah. That's, I like see See, I like this specificity of – limits because I I feel that like and this is sort of maybe a bit controversial but I think it's actually very important when done appropriately and well right Mm -hmm. this is like I feel like this space the dom subspace particularly is about sort of getting deeper and deeper in an understanding of you know from a submissive perspective the the absolute like the true limit like you know like like let's let's go and find like you said with like the holding the hand down right like like I've had that experience as well it's like oh I don't like this but then and not obviously, like if someone says no or uses the safe word, just stop. I'm not. I'm not at right. all saying to push over consent. Right. But what I am saying is, is that there's this sort of space where you can just play to see where that actual line is. So for mm-hmm. you, there's that line, and you you you're fairly you you understand where your line is. But a lot of people, that line is sort of ambiguous because they haven't explored it. And I feel like there's a lot of um, a lot of like inner learning, like almost like a spiritual or a self discovery that you can get from exploring. It's like, okay, well, I don't want to be held down fully and totally. Like, I will tell you when to stop, but yeah, hold my hand down. Okay. So, like, and that's sort of like me back to the Shibari idea. It's like, man, I don't want to be controlled and submissive, but I sort of want to explore that. So, where is my limit? Is it my hand tied to my leg? Is it, you know, like, who knows where it is? I actually don't know. I just know that, like, there's. Too far down, like there's definitely like a no, but where mm-hmm. does that actual no end in, mm-hmm. on the day that I choose to play? And obviously, like that 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 level can shift depending on the day and all of that sort of stuff. Sure. But do you, do you find there's a bit of an exploration, sort of a self discovery aspect to being like the that- submissive space, or just or every space, I suppose.
0: Yeah, well, that's it's funny because um, I was thinking, uh, I'm always thinking, right, ADHD. I'm always thinking, and I in thinking about having this conversation with you, it's like. How do I, you know, how do you explain that to people that BDSM offers you an opportunity for deep self exploration, not just in your sexuality, but in self awareness um, across the board? And I've done a like I've done a lot of work in therapy um, using acceptance and commitment therapy, yeah,
1: which I'm, is I'm like ex- with, um, yeah, it's like familiar. exposures
0: therapy almost. What, what, you like just have to.
1: Like the happiness trap, I think talked about that, and it's like, um, what is mm-hmm. it? You, you, what's the, um, the unfuck first? yourself? Unfuck yourself. Yeah, I've read that as well. I mm-hmm. wasn't as mm-hmm. big a fan of that book. Um, I found it was a little bit yeah. lacking in in depth that it could have been. Both of them mm-hmm. actually, I found that like people talk about act, and then like you get told these books, and then they're like, yeah, that's not so great. Like you know, you need to find like a therapist or someone that actually knows how to do that right. shit as opposed to the the selling yeah. stuff. But there is, there is. I've definitely had good things personal experience, but also with act. Yeah. hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I've been, I've been doing it for 10 years now. Um, so it's a, it's a constant exploration of what you'll accept and what you won't accept and what you'll commit to and what you won't commit to, or understanding that whether or not you're willing to do something is when, when we're uncomfortable, essentially. So a trigger comes up for us, right. And we become very uncomfortable and anxious instead of, Running away from that trigger, we sit with the feelings and we identify these feelings that come up with the trigger, and we we get very 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 uncomfortable, and we know we know where it's coming from and we know the anxiety it's causing us and why and we're able to identify it, and as we begin to identify it and sit with the feeling, every time it comes up, we begin to recognize it for what it is, and the feelings that come along with the trigger dissipate over time. They never fully go away, but we're able to say, oh, um, that's that. And that's gross, and I don't like it, but it's here, and whatever I'm gonna go on with my day.
1: it's almost like it's putting a um a name to the demon that's that's haunting you right like i
0: mm-hmm.
1: I like what you're saying, and like once again, like there's such a connection like like you said the this space the the kinky b d s m sort of space, yeah, from the outside perspective, it seems like oh they're just sort of fiends and 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 devious people devious, fucking, yeah fucking in all sorts of directions, which we are, but, (laughs) but I actually, but I think there's like, there's so much more depth to it and like the real benefit of it. Like I've just like a couple of days ago, I had a, had a conversation with a lady who's fully into the rope space and she was talking, like we had the main conversation was nothing to do with the sexual side. I actually purposely steered it. Like, let's talk about what you get from this that isn't sexual. And like the last sort of 15 minutes, we, we turned it to the sexual side of it and and the va- like the vast majority of it is this sort of self learning this acceptance this tolerance this this growth this inner work that on top of that from that space that you can then fuck right it was almost like not not an afterthought and obviously like it's there but oh it's there's life lessons that i that i'd love to that i think people sort of stumble into it it's almost like self therapy like to bring the conversation a little bit back you were describing um the 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 sort of the narratives or the upbringing of um, how, how men would treat women, and vice versa, and it's almost like you're using the um the dominant side of you, oh and the submissive, I suppose to sort of relive it in a safe um consensual way, and then also to take ownership of that space and like sort of use the words and the tools and the actions in a controlled consensual intimate mm-hmm. sort of way to sort of reclaim yeah reclaim that that sort of space. I think that's beautiful
0: yeah that's exactly what it is. I'm actually currently healing um anxious attachment just by allowing myself to date and fuck whoever i like whoever's available that I want to do that with um without attaching immediately to them like there's always an opportunity for something to come of something, but it might not and so how do I walk away with that still feeling empowered and still feeling like it's okay and self soothing and it's it's actually, it's actually working. <laughs> I am just letting people in and they go away, they come and go, and there's always someone else and it's okay now. You know, It's like, oh, I, my value isn't wrapped up in someone needing me or wanting to be with me anymore. It's wrapped up in understanding that I can have what I want when I want it or when I need it um, and walk away from it in a healthy way going, yeah, I got what I needed in the moment. And if something more comes great and if something doesn't that's okay too i'm not going to live and die by it anymore or break down or trigger
1: that's an amazing goal to aspire to but i feel like a lot of people would struggle like both in the sexual field but in in all fields it's like how do you how do you have the sense of self to be able to embody that because i mean like you're putting your worth squarely and solely on yourself it's like this person comes and goes i'm i am the soul i am the soul i'm the queen i'm the you know whatever whatever mm-hmm. like sort of inner language um, you're you're running with but like there is that like that there's a it's difficult you know like like you said it is it's
0: really it's really really hard um because we grow up like we grow up being taught that i mean i always call it western christian norming um, so we grew it's up being how many taught th-
1: times that 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 comes up in this podcast. <laughs> like it's just Western Christian it, norming combined with capitalism combined with yeah,
0: combined like, with whatever, right? Uh, um, colonialization. <laughs> anyways, yeah, exactly. We were- yeah. But it's true because we're brought up, we're brought up to understand that it's, you know, monogamy, husband, wife, 2.5 kids, a dog, a white picket fence, two cars and a vacation home and a career because that's how we're trained to see all of these things. So our worth is wrapped up in all these narratives that were fed to us from the time we were tiny, um, where we were, where parents were afraid to talk to us honestly about sex and what sex could be without the shame that comes around, you know, Christian ideals because ultimately that's where it comes from. I mean, there are whole societies in this world who understand who have understand gender fluidity forever, and it's not taboo. They actually celebrate those people and think they're, you know, these esoterics who are in connection with a higher, like higher uh, right. frequency in the universe. But here we are. We're like, oh, we're just going to have one person for the rest of our lives, and we're going to slog it out, and you know stay in abusive relationships and you made there a commitment is, and oaths so and all points these points
1: to, to, to deviate. From so that, but many.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, and I, so I,
1: I fully agree.
0: So how do you find, how do you, how does someone like me at 53 come to a space where she can now say, I am the queen. I am going to walk away and I am going to be okay. Regardless. Well, I'll tell you after two and a half years of not having sex with people, And coming out of a pandemic and feeling worthless and getting into a dynamic with a guy 20 years younger who seemed to know what he was doing. But of course, a lot of people present in very specific ways, but something happened with him. And instead of communicating openly about what was going on with him, and maybe he didn't want to be in the relationship for whatever reason, he emotionally distanced himself so greatly that it created a lot of pain for me. And I was like, that's not going to happen again, because I'm worth more than that. And I started exploring, um, non-monogamy and polyamory and what does that look like? And how do I want that to show up in my life? And I am worth everything that I like believe about myself and I have a lot to offer. So how do I then translate that into how I date? Well, that started with really like going back to the drawing board and some fucking hardcore vetting uh, in the apps. I mean, I'm ruthless. I am ruthless. I think I just posted a meme um, of Faye Dunaway and Bonnie and Clyde. And it's, and it says him, I give anal, but I don't receive it. Me fucking amateur. And it's like this fucked up picture of Faye Dunaway, all disappointed. And it's like, look, one. yeah, it's like, I like both. I have, I'm experienced in both. I want to do both. It's kind of like a thing for me. And if you can't come to the table, it's like being ready to do that. We're probably ultimately not going to gel because there's like, there's, I mean, we just found out the clitoris has over 10,000 nerve endings in it. And our rectums have like 40,000 or 4,000 nerve endings. Like, how are you not going to engage all 14,000 nerve endings at this point? Because that, when you get both at the same time as a woman is mind blowing. And I want mind blowing every time because that's what I've become used to in this space. And so if you can't pony up, so to speak, <laughs> I, I can't, I just can't. I, but yeah, so yeah, I, the, 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 is... the
1: knowing what you want, it's like, it's like you sort of, it sounds like you've, you're whittling away the bullshit the chat. You have to, and you, you know, you're yeah. knowing what you want. And I think this is where this, this space is like, like I said, the the introspection and the learning and the growth and that sort of stuff. My only caveat would be this, right? Let's say I've got no experience down that path, but I'm curious with, with this current understanding, are you willing to like explore or guide or mentor down that path? Or is it like, are you, are you now know that you're after someone that's experienced and it's like, like has a, has a good, like, you know, do you sort of see what I'm saying there? Are you, are mm-hmm. you?
0: No. I, yeah. Yeah. You, because in, there are, there are, yeah. Yeah, there are who will who will guide. Right. Um, With that person that like bailed, I was guiding. I'm not sure he was as receptive. And I think there were some things he wanted to do that I didn't want to do. So ultimately looking back, it wasn't going to be a good match anyway. Um, But if I have a partner who has some kink experience and can get down in the bedroom on some level and they want to explore, receiving, I can guide receiving. That's not a problem for me. Um, but there has to be some level of experience. I, the current, um, I go back to this cause it's so frustrating. The current, the current status of field, which is where I think a lot of us wind up or fet life, which I, that, that place blows my mind. I can't even navigate that space. It's like a fucking warehouse where there's no signs and you're like wandering through going, I don't know where in the hell I'm supposed to go here. But anyways, I digress. That's a whole other conversation. Um, but field, um, since the, since there were a couple of mainstream publications that kind of outed the space has, there's a lot of, um, inexperienced kinksters on there right now, right? Or people who are wanting to be more kinky or exploring their kinks at various ages. And you can tell right away, you know, and it's like, no, nope, that's going to be a minus sign. That's going to be a heart. That's going to be a minus. And it's basically any cishet white guy who says, Oh, I'm an alpha or I'm naturally dominant. And it's like, I, I can't,
1: I I'm almost at the I point can't. of just ignoring every person that has alpha Dom wolf in their name. Um, <laughs>
0: Oh my god! I mean, girth one, two, three. (laughs) Girth one, two, three. (laughs) Oh my Um, god! Oh, look. See,
1: I've got like an intellectual curiosity about the kink space, um, and like going Mm -hmm. down the writing path, and it sort of matches Mm -hmm. like this sort of thing. But my actual like in real world in bedroom experience isn't that much like i have an i i i do do what i do and i like doing what i do but i talk on a variety of topics Mm -hmm. um because that's you know that is that is a set like a connected and separate interest so
0: Mm -hmm. i like to be able
1: to have these conversations because you get to sort of explore the different spaces and and stuff like i said with the shibari or or what you're saying with the anal stuff now like there's these different spaces that people will Mm -hmm. play in and it's you know unlimited right yeah yeah so so the so you're saying there's like a a certain group of people or a certain group of dominants that will enjoy the leading and the guiding and the showing mm-hmm. but you you want to have someone that comes to the table
0: with, with something some
1: knowledge. yeah
0: well just something like if you don't okay if you don't know where a clitoris is if you um if you don't know how to eat pussy and there are a lot of people who don't know <laughs> Let's see. Um, and you, you just don't know how to just kind of make it happen based on how, like, just, just basic communication and like human interaction. I mean, you can talk and you can have fun and you can do all the things. Um, but if you can't hear someone go, yeah, that's not working for me and you're still trying to do it, that, that's a problem. Like, we're not going to go there with you. I, can't, I like, I can't fix that if you're not willing to listen.
1: That seems exceedingly reasonable.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's not, I mean, it's not unreasonable because I, I know how to get, like, I know how to get myself off or I know where I need to be in order to come with whatever partner I'm with. Right. And nine times out of 10, it's going to be face down, ass up and some implement involved while you're railing me. Um, And that's just the reality of it. And I think, you know, and that's kind of leaning on straight, like to me, vanilla, right? It's like, if I need to really just get down, I'm just going to get down. But if I want to have a scene, there is no way I'm going to go with anybody who has never done a scene or considers themselves alpha. This
1: is, this is what I want to drill down upon for, for people that are new to, to the scene, new to this space. Mm -hmm. There's sex which is what you're talking about with like based on mm-hmm. our up implements, but then there's also scenes. And that was a, a when I first entered the space, I'm like, what do, what do you mean by a scene? Can you, um, just for the benefit of people that aren't familiar with that terminology, because it's like, it's not, you can have kinky sex, but then you can also do a scene and that scene may or may not involve very kinky sex. So it's like, you know, can you, can you sort of go into that a little bit?
0: Sure. So um, typically when we talk about scenes in BDSM, we talk about, um, a planned set of activities that are going to be done between two people. And typically they're going to be on either side of the slash, a dominant and a sub, a submissive. Um, and there is also a switch who uh, switches will at times trade off the, over the slash. So I could be subbing in one second. Um, and this just happened to me, uh, Uh, last week I was with a guy, um, he was doming me and it was great. And I was having a great time. But at one point in the fluid fuckery, I was actually jacking him off while fingering his ass. Right. So that's kind of where that switch fluid comes in. It's like, okay, well, we're not going to stay in this space where we had some things mapped out because that's what you do in a scene. You map out what you're going to do we're going to kind of shift. So that's, but that's another topic. So going back to what a scene is, for example, you and I, Isaac might say, Oh, we're going to enter a scene together. Okay. well, What does that look like? Okay. Well, Zach's going to dom, I'm going to sub. And Zach is, I don't, I don't know how you lean as a dom, but let's say you're a sadist and you like impact and you like um, nipple clamps and you know, maybe you want to DP me. Right. And so we would negotiate those things prior to going into the bedroom. And we would talk about what our hard limits are, what our soft limits are, what limits we can push, or what limits we're looking to explore pushing with one another. Um, I would tell you, Zach, what my sub looks like in terms of, you know, she's bratty, she's a masochist. I have a tendency when I um, am with someone I trust, I go very quickly to subspace. So when we talk about subspace, a submissive will often, um, they, they kind of allow their minds to go away and go quiet and just relish the moment of every single feeling that's going on in the, in their body. And I also happen to, as I get deeper into subspace and I orgasm, I actually like transport outside of my body where my body just takes over and it takes a minute for my mind to come back into play. And I have to be kind of, brought back. And I need to tell you those things and articulate those things so that you're not afraid or scared, or you know how to bring me back. Or I tell you, give me 15 minutes alone, go shower, I'll be in in a minute, whatever that looks like. So when we talk about a scene, we talk about creating a safe space in which we're going to do very specific things to one another, if there can be role play involved or not. Someone's going to take control in the power exchange and someone's going to give up control in the power exchange. Submission being one of the greatest gifts you can give somebody, right? Because you're literally being used for someone else's pleasure, even though they're pleasuring you. Um, And then we go through scene. Um, We may have a safe word involved where you push a limit too far. And I I use the stoplight system, red to stop, yellow to slow down, green, go, go, go. And I've used yellow. I've used my safe words. I've never had to use red, fortunately. Um, Scene comes to an end. And then we go into aftercare. And aftercare is a whole other topic that we can talk about as well. But that's kind of how a scene works. Um, I always recommend to folks who are new to this space or exploring this space over time to read the new topping and the new bottoming books because it gives you a very good understanding of how the each side of the DS works and how you can be switchy and, and how to show up as a good sub and be safe and how you can show up as a good dom and be safe. And, you know, doming requires caretaking, quite frankly. And that's where aftercare comes in, where we talk about, you know, make sure there's water and food if necessary, blankets, cuddling, baths, showers, talking, um, reserving, um, debriefing on a scene until the subs fully back and the dom's comfortable. And it's kind of a way it gives yourself space from the scene to reflect on what worked and what didn't, or what you might try differently the next time. So that's kind of, I hope that kind of helps
1: no, that, our that's, listeners. That's amazing. And I feel like girth one, two, three needs to listen to that last five minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> because because there's, there's so much, there's so much to be said there. Like the main, like, so sort of the principle of all of this is communication like like if you had to put it down to a thing it's like communication and consent really like you Mm -hmm. know that's that's the whole point um and I suppose like in that negotiation setting let's just uh, I really like sort of like the practicalities right like let's let's talk like practical nature of this Mm -hmm. would you have that conversation in real life or online are you having that you know just before the scene or are you having that like you know days or hours before the scene like Give some examples right. maybe or that sort of stuff. Like what's what what practically am I doing here?
0: Right. So it so it kinda of depends. Um it, and it depends on how experienced you are and how experienced your partner is, right? So um guy who bailed was um
1: The guy far, who bailed.
0: Like he, well just <laughs> call him the guy who bailed, right? <laughs> Um, let's
1: call him, let's call him girth wanted. No, um.
0: <laughs> let's call, let's call him LB. Cause it's actually his initials, but he also played a little boy to my mommy dog. So we'll call him LB. So LB. Nice. Yeah. LB. Um, lives in LA and we had been talking on the phone and I, I did what I considered pretty good vetting with him and he seemed to know what he was doing and he, you know, he played the role really well happens to be an actor. So.
1: Ooh, um, well, everyone in LA good, is an actor, is what I've heard. They are. They me.
0: really are. Yeah, everybody's oh, a working no. actor, just FYI. So.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm so, a working writer, FYI. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm a working embroiderer. So, yeah, Ooh. I mean, kinky, kinky <laughs> folks are really weird when they're in a the vanilla space. Anyway, um, we had been talking for like 10 days and he had invited me down to his and we pre-negotiated our first date, we knew we were going to play. Um, but we decided we would use that opportunity to just explore each other and get to know each other. The second time we actually in advance planned out, um, a scene and talked about what we wanted to try and what we wanted to do. Um, and then we talked about aftercare. We talked about, um, I actually subbed the first time. So, um, I had, things that I needed to do, I was required to do. And it's kind of pre-play stuff to get you hot and bothered as you come to scene. And it depends on, I mean, you can do that days in advance. You could do it hours in advance. Um, Typically, um, if he were in town, it would be the day of, we would be talking about some of the things that would be required. Um, I have a friend who had a woman that he plays with semi-regularly or he used to play with more regularly. He was visiting her and he said, I want you to be dressed in this and I want your nails done this way. And there's going to be an inspection and, um, did the full inspection, you know, inspection, like all the poses and like there are poses too, that go along with this whole thing, which is a whole other ball of wax, but you can pre-negotiate well in advance, or you can pre-negotiate day of, I like to talk about things that I'm willing to do before we even get to scene or get to talking about what we're going to do in scene, particularly with new people. As you get to know people, then it's like, where are we going to push limits or where are we going to try something new together and we talk about those things. Um, But then also what I like to do is I like to do what's called pre-care, where you actually sit down and you have a chat with somebody because we're human beings first and foremost, and we do have brains that work and we do want to know that we're somewhat mentally compatible or emotionally compatible, or there's some kind of emotional quotient as well as intellectual quotient going on. Um, and sometimes things can come up in pre-care that make sex hotter, or you wind up going, oh, well, maybe we won't do that in scene, so let's start negotiating scene or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it just depends on your how comfortable you are with your partner and if they're new, I highly recommend mapping the entire scene.
1: I'll I'll put links to the new, the new top and the new bottom, the new topping and the new bottom. The author of that wrote something else, um, what did they write? The did they Ethical, do the ethical slut. slut. Yeah, I've read yeah. The Ethical Slut. I'm going to read I'm going mm-hmm. to read those two because like I've I've I love The Ethical Slut, um, that book and mm-hmm. Sex at Dawn. Sort of opened mm-hmm. me and my partner's relationship up in in a good yeah. way. Not like that was the impetus, but like we right. you know talking, communication, all that sort of good stuff. But mm-hmm. like those, so I yeah, that author is incredible. So mm-hmm. just based on the author alone, um, I can I'll yeah. know that that's going to be a, a good read. Um, yeah. Just to be just to be clear, uh, if you negotiate something in the scene and during the scene, you realize you don't want it, you're more than willing to deviate from the scene and say no, or like use the safe I, words I call, and that sort of stuff. I
0: call safe. Yeah, I'll call a safe word. Um, I actually, I last week when I met this new person, um, I there's a whole other conversation about this, but I I went in cold. I, like I went in cold. There's a whole
1: other conversation. We'll, <laughs> there's we'll so many conversations.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. I went in cold, meaning I had never actually met them. I had spoken I had spoken to them on the phone. We'd had, had a video chat that day, um, but we had been communicating over text. And so I was a little apprehensive, but the good news was um, we did like two hours of pre-care where we just chatted for two hours about ADHD and sex and um, non-monogamy and polyamory and compersion and yoga and just like it's, all it's, these, you things. Not,
1: you're not coming there just to fuck a a uh, like consciousless body that's animated. Like, right, you actually want to connect with the person, and I think this is yeah. this is back to the space of people, you know, alpha wolf, dom, girth, yeah, girth no, queen. alpha,
0: <laughs> girth, girth, one, two, three, just wants to fuck your holes, is what he's going to tell Ex- you, exactly. and you're like. And
1: like and this, like, I wrote a poem about it a little while ago. This idea, I could call it thirst trap. Um, this idea of like someone that posts a thirst trap. Mm-hmm. It's If the people respond back and like get trapped by the thirst trap, she's not giving or he. they're they not giving their body to those people. The ones that right. actually see the person beyond the thirst trap will get their body and more like, you know, you might, you might want to give all your holes to be fucked by the person as much as they like, but if mm-hmm. that's all they're coming for, they're not going to get it. And I like, I think yeah. that it's like, it's like you have to want more of me to get the things like it's, there's this, do you see what I'm
0: saying? No, no, absolutely. It was, it was funny too, because um, with that person, we had a real, like, we didn't plan like a full scene. We just knew what hard limits were and we were going to try a few things. And at one point um, I think we had done a second round of whatever was going on and he finished and he jumped up and He Well, first of all, he was saying he was pleasantly surprised that I was as smart as I was, because normally it's very, you may know this, I don't know, but I'm sapiosexual. I need a really smart person to connect with. Like, it's really important to me. And I don't need some dullard who, right? So, and and it's funny because in this space, I think that's what happens is more people in the BDSM space. The reason they understand BDSM is because they understand intellectually what is going on. In this space, there's,
1: and there's there's a curiosity of like, well, why am I doing this? Oh, it's like you know, a lot of people. But, but this is the thing. I don't know if it's a if it's a biased um a biased sample on this because the people that talk to me that I connect to are going to have similar you know neurodivergent tendencies, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. I haven't been diagnosed with ADHD, but I haven't not been. You know what I mean? Like, I mm-hmm. you know, like same thing with the yeah. with the sapio sexuality. Same thing with the like yeah. like you attract like like attracts like. So then I'm like, I wonder mm-hmm. if potentially we're seeing a certain so. subsection of of the group and those people will gravitate towards you know yeah
0: yeah so, i think so, i think you may be right so we're in so we're in talking and and he's like oh i can't be like you're so like you're so smart i wasn't explaining that like this is really much more pleasant than i anticipated it was going to be because it was more than just fucking right it was conversation and it was fun and we were laughing and there is impact. And he's like, you are like, so kinky. This is great. <laughs> I'm like, great. Yeah, I am like, surprise. But at the se- at the second round, he like jumped up. And he goes, I feel like I've been given a gift from the gods. And I was like, fucking cool. Like, you still want to hear that. You know what I mean? Um, but it's that it's the overall communication is the it's the connection. It's it's understanding that you know you're if you're having fun and you're feeling safe and you're you're vibing intellectually it's it's going to be that much more enhanced um and I, we're going to see each other again agree. so it's good yeah it's yeah, good no, that's, yeah that's that sounds
1: great like connection is key right mm-hmm. what what
0: connection and communication
1: if you're not connected one of the things that i like to do is i don't know maybe you've experienced this on either side either giving mm-hmm. or receiving it but like sort of getting into the person's head and just sort of like unpicking ever so gently and sort of like playing with with the psychology of the person you know and it's Mm -hmm. like it's like you know if they if they sort of lean towards it's like oh hey you know like i'd I'd like it if you went a bit harder it's like oh hey i like you know and it's like okay well why and sort of like almost like a Mm -hmm. the, the the dark sexual psychologist sort of like as you're doing things to them it's like well why is it that you want me to hold you down right now? What does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. Does, is that you know, like, And like sort of really get like, I don't know, there's, there's, I don't know, like a, a devilish sort of um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: masochistic yeah. side there. But it's also, it's almost like, it's not like I want to, I want to sort of explore it and unpick it and sort of trigger it a little bit, but also more of like a cleaning out the wounds thing as well. It's sort of like a, like a healing to it. It's like, well, okay. So you want me like state it for a start state that you want me to take you to Mm -hmm. to cause you some pain, to hold you down.
0: Mm -hmm. But
1: then, so say it, but then also Mm -hmm. let's talk about why you want that and why this feels so good for you. Let's go into your, you know, into the back end reasoning. I know there's, there's something that I like. I love, I love that, that sort of play.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's fun because you get to, you get to explore that person. Then you get to know that person a little bit better and they felt good and And they felt good enough or they felt safe enough to trust you with that information. And now you've connected and you've made a bond in some way. Right. So, and that's, it's funny. You might even use the B and BDSM as bondage and and bonding. Right. (laughs) You got, you have to, on some level, um, as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, picking at that and what, you know, asking your partner, what they like, or your potential partner, what they like, or I, the, there was a guy I played with, um, who left this i made him leave his socks on right and he was very convinced that he could get down in bed and he was a great dom and women go to him even professional doms go to him to get dom or get dommed, and all this stuff right so i figured out that he the, the unexpected like he was he was crazy i mean he was experienced don't get me wrong i mean he was fine but um i figured out that he liked the unexpected like it made it made him that much more excited based on something he shared with me, and I won't get into what he shared with me. But um, so I made him keep his eyes. He kept his socks on and his eyes closed the entire time, and I made him call me Miss. And he loved cock and ball torture, and I beat the shit out of his cock and balls, Oof. and I edged the shit out of him because he was he, and he wasn't allowed to come. And then I made him do pussy and ass worship on me, fuck me. And then I made him um, sit up against me with his back to me while I had his neck in the crook of my arm. And I did breath shark, play on him while I style, j- yep. yeah choked him and while I jacked him off and edged him and made him beg to come. And then when he was finally was ready to come, I let him have his air and he just exploded. And he's like, that's never happened. No one's ever done that to me. That's never happened that hard. And I haven't heard from him since. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 that is not what I thought. So, I was like, so, oh, so you, okay, you, okay. you, you should call yourself the Matador. You've, uh, you've, uh, you <laughs> killed the bull.
0: I killed the bull. Uh. I don't know. It was, it was either that or, um, I yeah. I just, I just never heard from him, and I, I said to him, I'm like, do you want to play again? And he just ghosted me, and I was like, yeah, all right, that's fine. Wow. Whatever. Yeah, back, that, back to that space of, hey, like secure attachment.
1: My my um my part of me wonders like I like to get into the psychology of things right like yeah you know, mm-hmm. like it's like like armchair psychology but it's like mm-hmm. perhaps um the bull who's uh the bull to others has has uh yeah met the matador that can um yeah, I don't can tame him or can you know and like that's confronting you know if you if you mm-hmm. if you feel like you are the top
0: mm-hmm. yeah the top and I kept top, him I, and I kept him beneath me physically yeah. beneath me the entire time Oof. like physically beneath me um, and, that's, and that yeah, was that, actually suggestion yeah it was a suggestion by um, a friend it's like just keep him beneath you and you will feel physically he will feel physically disempowered because you're oh.
1: over him there's, there's there's an interesting like this is a, this is a complete aside but like the adhd brain maybe can relate
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it, it relates to this right a tribe a tribe of people i was listening to the traditional culture and the the king of kings would come and like this would, would do this to the sort of like the island king. So I imagine there's like an emperor and then like kings of the island. Mm-hmm. The emperor would come and hold his foot out and put his foot on top of the head of the king of that of that individual island. This guy, the king on his on, on his knees with the head on his face, is usually like basically a god among men, whatever he likes, but it's such a physical act of subservience. Like you are literally beneath my mm-hmm. feet. It's like there's there's such a powerful psychology to being physiologically down you know if, if you're if you if you have to avert your eyes the whole time if you have to you know use certain words the whole time like it's right. it's it's like certain music being played like we're not immune to psychological disturbance no matter how powerful you right. think you are as a person if you're yeah if you're physically lower down that itself just like standing over someone just that alone I mean maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's why there's this idea of like you know the typical dominant male should be taller than the typically submissive female just for that one power distance alone I'm looking down on you you're looking up to me you know what I mean like there's mm-hmm. something something mm-hmm. to be said about physical presence
0: Yeah you know, I I I think you're exactly right and um I I also think um men I men and women men more typically like to get trampled or trampled. stepped on Yeah stepped on you know, they, they like, they, there's a thing with that. Um, but I think that has to do with it as well. And it, it becomes hierarchical, right? Again, it's that Western ideology or that, um, it, 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 goes toward culture, right? Everybody, everybody, somebody is in full power somewhere. Right. And so we have to give up that power and that, and And then by giving up that power, we question our worth. Are we worth, again, it comes to worth, are we worth being treated this way or is our worth defined by this? And ultimately, um, that's where I think in BDSM, you let go. It's like, well, I'm still worthy. And, And I think as you were talking too, the thing about the switching is that at any moment, a switch takes power. Like they, they, grab power from one another, but they're willing to do that. And it's what makes it so exciting. It's like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to submit now. She's going to treat me horribly. I love it. Oh my God. He's going to, he's going to rail me with a blah, blah, blah. And I'm just going to love it. You know? Um, and it's just, it's just, it's all dynamics. It's all power exchange. It's all, you know, making sure you find what works for you and know that if it works for you and not someone else, it's okay. Like it's totally fine. There's no judgment. There's no shame.
1: I I have two questions that I would like you to go mm-hmm. down and feel free to play either one. What happens when two switches come together mm-hmm. and, or, and or two, um, how do you dominate someone when you step into that space that is physically stronger than you as in like that could stop, could stop what's happening. Should they just get up and leave. You know what I mean? Like, so, so feel free to answer either of those questions or both.
0: Um, um, so the first one was, sw- how do you switch?
1: No, no, no. What happens when two switches come together and play? Have oh, you, when two, you, when two yeah. switches
0: come together and play, it's magic. It's magic. It's like, Ooh. yeah. Some, uh, a Dom, uh, again, um, my, one of my friends, um, he's like, it's like a blinding light because you can't unless you understand it you you'll never understand it you're just like how do they do this um I, we call ourselves magical because in any moment regardless of how deep in subspace the sub is or how much control the dom has Like uh, two switches come together in the sub in the moment can literally just give a look to a dom dom and go, I just need to peg you right fucking now. And they're like, oh, and they're like, okay because it it opens up all of these options for you. Right. So it it goes beyond just one side of the slash and it becomes both sides of the slash where you trust someone enough to kind of have that fluidity and seeing um. And like I said, with this person the other night, he was full dom. I mean, I was subspace, forced orgasms, lots of impact. I walked away with just a bruised ass, like crazy. And then in the next second, I'm over him and I'm dominating him. And I'm edging him and I'm telling him, you tell me when you're at a nine and you're coming at a 10. And he did. And it's again, it's giving up that power and giving someone else that power to provide you the pleasure that you need. And typically s- switch energy is really funny. You can tell switches they're just, um, they don't, they, they carry both sides. It's just kind of, uh, it's just minorly chaotic the entire time. Whereas if someone's like a straight up Dom, they tend to be pretty rigid and subs, mm. a straight up sub tends to be pretty flexible and malleable and sweet. And, you know, uh, I've had guys come to me and say, I want to, I want to sub for you. And, and I'm like, you can't like, there's no way you can. Because I need you at any given moment to take over and you're going to need me to take over and you're going to need to take over. So it's like this weird, unless you're one or you get to a space and everybody can get to that space, right? Kinks unlock all the time, or you find someone you trust and you're like, maybe I want to try that or I want to push that limit or oh, I, I really enjoyed having that remote vibrating butt plug in my ass for two hours while I was doing this other thing and you were controlling it. But that was kind of that was kind of fun. So um, I always say, say to people, you know, regardless of how you feel about whatever side of the slash, you're on keep an open mind because at some point, especially like you looking at Shibari, if you want to be tied, you're going to have to trust somebody. And once you begin to trust someone in that space, things start unlocking in these really funny ways. I mean... You know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of urine and feces, but this one guy was like, I'll be your human toilet. And I'm like, how about you just be my human toilet paper? That's kind of cool. Mm. Like, who knew that would unlock? Like, I don't want you yeah. anywhere near that. Oh, but go ahead and clean me. That's fine. <laughs> that's you want to watch me go? That'd be great. Get on your knees and watch me go. Yeah. Okay. Like, it It just, yep. it, it appeals, you know, it just appeals in some way. And you're like, mm. oh, my God, that that's happening right now. Oh, all right. You know. Who knows? So that's kind of. I, I hope that kind of explained it. There's- no, no, it,
1: it definitely it definitely does. I wonder if there's a connection between the um, you know, the history of anxious um, attachments with switching into it. it's like oh you're you're more, you know, like from an anxious perspective. If if you know this is the pop the the, the, the psychology, but if you're wanting to, you know, an anxious person, anxious attached will want to sort of attach, right? So mm-hmm. then that sort of makes sense why you would sort of gravitate towards switchiness because it's like, Oh, this is happening now. Cool. I can, I can attach to that space. You know, I can see, I can see yeah. the, the flow. Well, it's
0: 88. Like- I think it's ADHD too, right? Because yeah. <laughs> with ADHD you're constantly needing new information, new experiences, new everything, because we don't get dopamine on a regular basis. In fact, it's really hard to find. And so in the BDSM space, which is probably why we have a lot of neurodivergence, um, when you have access to as much as possible and with new partners or partners who are willing to do all of these different things with you or try and unlock and push and do all of these things, it lends itself to those dopamine pumps mm-hmm. that we get. And it's like, oh, that's fantastic. But fair warning to those of you who have ADHD and you're doing this kind of play, particularly if, well, I, I would say on both sides of the slash. Because you can't have DOM space. Aftercare is super important, super important, because dopamine will flood your brain in, this, in the scene, but then it's also gone within 24 hours.
1: Mm-hmm. Plus,
0: you have the adrenaline from any other kind of play you're doing that might be more rough. Um, plus, you have endorphins. So you add all of that together, and that can be a dangerous mix if you don't get good aftercare. And I have experienced not having good aftercare, And having good aftercare and that, that can help with attachment as well. So, um, yeah. And communicating attachment style to your partner is really important too, if you can figure out what your attachment style is, but yeah, aftercare is super important for us, Mm. even medicated. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, totally. There's yeah. And once again, um, girth one, two, three won't be giving you aftercare.
0: No, he has no clue. He's <laughs> like, he's it? like, oh, I'll give you a glass of water and cuddle you. I was like, dude, I need Thai food, a hot bubble bath, reassurance, my head stroke. Like, I got all the things happening. Uh... <laughs> I need a phone call the next day or a text going, I had a great time. You're amazing. Like,
1: okay, great. And then, once again, it's yeah. it's the, the the connection over just the act itself. If you yeah. If you're, if you're going for a just to look to get yourself off, yeah. or just to get something out of someone, it's not going to work. And it's
0: it's no. And when we when we use, I say use, and I use that word loosely. When when we share ourselves with each other in these extreme ways, um, again, remembering that we're human beings and we do require tenderness, and we mm-hmm. have given of ourselves in very extreme ways. I think it's important to recognize even if you decide not to see someone again, you need to provide that tenderness in that moment. And then afterwards be able to say it was really great. And um, I appreciate everything that happened, but we won't be going forward because it's, I just don't think it's for me. Mm. And that's fair too. But being tender that way, treat treat people people like peel. Yeah. And just be kind. And and that's, that's the other thing I appreciate too is embedding now um if kinks don't match up i simply say i don't think our kinks are going to match up and i really wish you good luck and and i've had guys who are not really kinky or in the bdsm scene go thanks for saying that it was nice matching with you
1: see see i've i've had a couple of bad experiences and mm-hmm. that's the cause like we didn't we didn't do enough pre this is sort of me more like a while ago with less information mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff so it was like it was an ignorance on my behalf ignorance on their behalf and it wasn't it wasn't even a kinky like a kink bdsm thing it was just sex more than mm-hmm. whatever but mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't communicate what we wanted what we needed and then we both mm-hmm. sort of went through with it when we shouldn't have you know what i mean it mm-hmm. didn't feel quite right mm-hmm. um but it was sort of like we we said we were going to do stuff so we sort of did stuff and it just didn't wasn't bad but it was just uh, you know it was like yeah we, we couldn't yeah. like, I like that language it's like I just don't think our kinks are going to match up
0: mm-hmm. yeah I respectfully
1: I, respectfully I,
0: respectfully, I mean yeah. again going going back circling all the way back to the beginning of my penchant for anal sex <laughs> 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 um this guy's like yeah I, I I won't take it and there's and there's a taboo around it with men you know because it's considered you know there's a homophobia around it. it's like no you have nerve endings in there that are amazing. Like you have to admit, when you take a really good dump, it feels good.
1: <laughs> There's yeah.
0: nerve endings in there. Yeah. But you can also you can also acquire those feelings once you learn how to receive anal. Those, that, those nerve endings are daylight on fire. And they're like, oh, hey, that's anal orgasms are phenomenal. And men have prostates that, are, that have tons of nerve endings in them as well. And so being able to go back and say, you don't like that, but I can give you so much pleasure and it gives me pleasure to give that kind of pleasure. And I get like, it's so fun. So no, we can't move forward because it would just require me going off and finding it somewhere else. And then if that person brings more bells and whistles to the table and they're smarter, do I really want to pursue this farther You know, they're more intellectually aware of the things that are going on. Do I want to pursue this? Mm, I don't know. It might get boring for me. I have ADHD. If you can't keep me engaged on some level, typically it takes two years and I'm out. (laughs) You get two good years, you can do it and then you're gone. But yeah, so I, yeah, it's just communication is everything And, and identifying what you want and need. And again, that like we've talked about is self exploration in the space. Um, you know, masturbate, use all the tools for masturbation, hit yourself with something on the ass and see if you like it, you know, warm yourself up. You, you can do all of these things to yourself. Before I use a toy on someone, I use it on myself to see how to use it. What's going to feel good. What's not like, I, I
1: feel like there's like just, just going back to like the, the, the male adult sort of gay stigma sort of situation. Yeah. It's really interesting to me. There's so many different narratives that the, you know, we're in society, society gives you narratives, you know, the Judeo-Christian Western Mm -hmm. thing like we were saying back in the day, but it's like your body is a body, right? Like, like the only reason that you think there's shame there is because of things that aren't really coming from you. Like if you've, if you, if you fear it because you like are not used to it and then you get some education and that sort of stuff, like obviously everyone has their choices and all of that sort of stuff, but it's like, look inside and work out the reason why you're saying no in this example, mm-hmm. to trying anal, is it due to past mm-hmm. trauma? Okay, fair enough. Like I get, I completely yeah. that that makes yeah. sense, right? Is right. it because or physical trauma? Yeah, that that's what I mean. Yeah, like like, mm-hmm. like there, there'll be the, or, or issues with injuries and illness. Fine, right, right, right. right. Is it due to a general vague see, feeling that you got from high school of not wanting to be gay? Maybe we can start to unpick a little bit of that, um, mm-hmm. a little bit of that sort of space. Do you not know, Do you know what I mean? Like, is it is it yeah. fear because? of of being hurt okay well then you can talk about how to go down that path of not wanting to be physically pained by it because you know it's a new experience you're a little bit scared it doesn't seem you know fair enough right Mm -hmm. why why where is your no and once again it's back to that self-exploration why are you saying no to this there's there's different reasons to say no and some of them it's, it's hard to say things are more or less valid, but I would like to say there's things that I would like to challenge more or less, as in like, I can push back on societal norms a little bit more than I can push back upon past trauma. Do you know what I mean? Exactly.
0: Well, yeah, no, exactly. Like we never, which is why we always have these conversations, right? So where does that trauma happen? Like, did it Was it psychological trauma? Was it physical trauma? Is it, again, um, a health-related issue? I mean, there are women who have had endometriosis, who have severe scarring, vaginal scarring, hmm and uterine scarring where sex is extraordinarily painful but there are other ways to have sex and so we explore those ways and with men you know were you raped you know and was it horrifying for you and is are you afraid that you're gay did you know did your father abuse you physically and call you mm-hmm. gay because you happened one day to be messing around with your mom's dress with a friend on a on a dare and you were beaten over it well Maybe you're not. Maybe you're not gay. And maybe you might find pleasure in this. And how do we explore that for you? And and how do we release that trauma through this kind of play where he's someone you trust, yeah. right? Because I was. Of I mean, trauma
1: is yeah. is is so real. Like maybe mm-hmm. maybe seventy five percent of the guests on this podcast mm-hmm. talk about releasing trauma of some perspective. Mm-hmm. Like it's amazing. And like I said, there's a high level of neurodivergence, which I think comes from like a lot of neurodiverse people are more open to experience, are more free from narratives, are, are mm-hmm. freer to just not give a fuck and be like, yeah, you're either, mm-hmm. I'm either going to try and put a on a front for the world, or I'm just going to just accept myself. And if you go and accept yourself, good things happen. Accept yeah. yourself. It's great. It's <laughs> um, fantastic. I <laughs> promise. Terrifying, but it's also good. But like, so cool. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's, there's so much to be said down, down all of those paths. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would love to do a good CNC after having been, you know, taken advantage of and sexually harassed my entire life. It's like, yeah, give over that power and just be like, Oh, but it's my choice now.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's what
0: it, that's what it becomes. It becomes your choice to give that away.
1: CNC um, consensual non-consent is, Mm -hmm. it's such an interesting space because it's touching upon a lot of like, you know, true, trauma like if you talk about what mm-hmm. what can happen to someone
0: mm-hmm.
1: consensual non-consent really hits that um hits that mark and you know have you read the book um what is it my secret garden or if you read no. that book mm-hmm. um it's I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes when this goes up mm-hmm. but it's uh the lady that did it i think it came out in the 90s or 2000s like it's quite early on and she she basically interviewed a bunch of women um talking about their sexual fantasies things that they've not fulfilled and she goes down like, okay, sexual fantasies about being raped, about, you know, the stepbrother, about animals, about like Mm -hmm. all of the different things. And it's just story after story after story of women's real fantasies. And she got both praised and um, sort of hamstrung by the feminist community because it's sort of like um, it's showing, you know, she's like, this is showing what real women really want. And it doesn't mean they want it to have happened, but they're fantasising about this. Mm If
0: you look look at I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no it's also like you promote like the bat like the 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 criticism was like oh you but you're promoting sort of stereotypes or sort of you know like it's there's obviously there's controversy down anywhere but it's like this is what real people are feeling you know it's not necessarily what they want to happen in real life right. but in the kink space you can negotiate a, a consensual agreement to explore safely and then it's like okay you want to explore some cnc because that's what you're fantasizing about. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of darkness there. Why are we fantasizing about, it? you know, like there's, there's a, there's a play there. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's such a weird space, but it's a good, good weird.
0: It is. It's interesting. Cause, um, if you look at romance novels written for women, mm. we have the majority of, I won't say the majority cause I have not read all of them, but my mom was huge into romance novels and it's Stockholm syndrome. It's your captor yes. who takes so you <laughs> yes. and, and you rates beast. you. I mean, and it's a beast. It's not even a human being. I mean, the the, the,
1: the, the, the the dog is
0: having sex with me. It's great. (laughs) I mean, beast is a beast, you know, it's not a human being, you know, but for all intents and and purposes. So true. Yeah. I mean, and so you look at, you look at that and that's, that's, that's the formulaic romance novel. It's like, Oh, I'm going to win you over or I'm going to rape you and win you over by raping you and giving you great aftercare and taking (laughs) care of you. And it's like, okay, I'm in, you got money, you got power and you're great at giving me what I need. Right. And then, um, it's just, it's not, I mean, I have an abduction fantasy. I have an, an abduction and rape fantasy. I want to be like taken to a warehouse that's rainy and weird, but that gives me the power, right? I'm like, mm. oh, I'm going to, I'm the one who's in charge because this is what I want and I'm getting what I want. It's not necessarily what they want. So
1: this, yeah, it's, it's the, the, the flipping of the script. It's, it's the mm-hmm. same quote unquote, same actions, but it's a different, um, set up a different sort of mm-hmm. um, context it's a to di- those same yeah
0: actions. it's the power exchange it's it all goes back to power exchange
1: I find um yeah the typical rom-com sort of books or movies like
0: mm-hmm.
1: what is it, like the notebook I think I don't know like every like oh he's so romantic these guys are so romantic but it's like they're very they're very forceful in a way that seems very not so great and if someone was doing that to you that I mean the the, the classic meme is, is like if someone was unattractive doing those same actions you're going to the cops you know mm-hmm. and that that to me it's like ooh, there's this
0: mm-hmm. I don't
1: know I don't know what to feel about that
0: yeah I, I'm not I I always I always say rom com isn't the same it, it's, um, sorry, not, it's sorry not sorry
1: not not rom com like ro- sorry romantic um, romantic movies or like those typical. The, the the sort of cliché. This is a you know like a, a, a romantic tough dude and putting the yeah. chick in her
0: place and doing all that.
1: And like it's... sort of like like I'm going to pursue you, yeah, until you acquiesce to me, and that's yeah. romantic. And it's like oh, I want a guy like that. Do do you really though? No. Because like guy guys that have done that to you come across as exceedingly creepy
0: because they're not well, taking they're... no for an answer. Right. They're needy, right? I mean, it's, it's awful. There was actually someone talked about that. A woman talked about that somewhere on one of the socials, that that's what happened between Ross and Rachel on friends. (laughs) He kept pursuing her until he broke her down. And he was horrible. Like he was sleeping with women and marrying women and making bad choices. And he was like, he's just some fucking nerd who just was awful. He was just awful. You know,
1: there's so much to be said. That's part of it. Like, it's like, did she? Yeah, did she finally just give up to the perpetual abuse and just be like, okay? Just, yeah. Oh, that's not. That's not good. Yeah. That's not good energy. No,
0: no. It's like, oh well, we had a kid together, so it kind of makes sense. And he's always been around. So. Okay, settle. That's what we're <laughs> telling women is settle. Great, thanks. You know, oh, uh, and the, and narra- that's the not deconstructing
1: what we want. narratives is is amazing. Uh, I get a yeah. lot of um guy friends complaining about their partners married or otherwise and they're like oh you know and they're like you know they, they don't say this per se but it's like oh the old bull and chain at home not letting me i'm like i'm just i've just got to the stage where whenever they start saying that i'm like just just fucking leave just leave get out of yeah. that like what the fuck are you doing and Cause I just, I just can't be bothered listening to uh, just another person complaining about a shit relationship when they're not going to take any action. Just,
0: just get Yeah. Up. Just... Stop. Yeah. I, I don't understand. I've never been married. I've never been married. I've always bailed out. Like I was engaged <laughs> twice and I'm like, no, I can't live the rest of my life with this person. They're ridiculous. I'm not going to do it. Um, <laughs> and now I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, I just want a stable of boys who adore me. And they, stable I adore of boys. them back.
1: I like that. A stable.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a stable, and like, I mean, like, I, yep,
1: yeah, yep.
0: Yeah. I, I, I say stable. I don't mean like you know, fifteen, but you know, three guys who adore me and want to spend time with me and think I'm the cat's pajamas. It's the cats be, pajamas. Yeah, it'd be great. You know, I would, I wouldn't
1: mind a, a flock. I don't know if a stable of women would be the the right word. Stable, as... no,
0: but a stable of boys and then a flock yeah. of women. Yeah, works, I think right? so. Like yeah. The
1: collective. Yeah.
0: I would love that. Like, I would ultimately, I would love to have like a little polycule of two guys where we're all kind of together, mm. um, and and they have their people, and they're my people, and we're our people, and then they can be together or not. I don't care. And then like a long distance dynamic, who is just fun to fuck around with and loves me and sends me gifts and vice versa. And I just want all the love is ultimately what I want. And it's been difficult and to what? find people who want to buy into that.
1: But but why can't you pursue it?
0: I am you know pursuing I mean? it.
1: No, and that, and that's that's exactly my yeah. point. We, we yeah. settle on the narratives of the world and just be like, okay, like I look at this once again. There's learnings here for real world for work, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I can't work full time. I can do three to four days consistent. Three days is my is my preference at a prop quote unquote proper job. Mm-hmm. And then I need sort of like different alternative income streams, but that, mm-hmm. that approach to work life, you know, I'm I'm putting out books and growing a Patreon. Support me on patron. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm growing this, all of these different spaces because that's like, it's almost like the polyamory of work. It's not yeah. normal, but why can't I have it all? If I push for it, if I try for it, if I take steps, if I work for it, why can't I get yeah. the work life that I want to support the life that I want to live? And similarly, that same lesson is like, well, mm-hmm. why can't I have, the, 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 sex life, the interaction, the relationships. You can, you've just got to push for it. You've just got to know. Yeah. You just, gotta, you just gotta, you just
0: gotta know what you're looking for. I, mm. I mean, it, we call them designer relationships for a reason. Mm. I mean, ultimately, you know, is there a person right now I'm interested in? Yes. Do I know if it's going to work out? No. If it did work out, all of our kinks match up really well. And we're both neurodivergent and we're both super smart. If it did work out, it'd be great like I would want him as one of a one of two primaries potentially right and we would design whatever it looked like head, for him head horse in the stable head horse in the stable well, I would want two head horses and then I would want a third and maybe some random fourth that's like a satellite or a comet and it's fun and we stay in touch and you know whatever but
1: i like, I like that like the idea of a comet that's a good good, good, mm-hmm. um, good analogy yeah.
0: Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would love a comet. You know, where you meet someone super cool, and you're like, "Oh wow, you're great!" And I enjoy spending time with you, and I get to see you every so often. And it's like Christmas, right? It's like, "Oh, I get this treat." It's that time of year, or whatever it looks but see,
1: like. But see, this is like like take sex out of the equation. I think people's mm-hmm. relationships, non sexually, have all of those dynamics. Like they they have do. A couple of core friends, like I've got a friend that I would consider like a like using this terminology like a comet. We don't mm-hmm. see each other much. But when we do, it's like, we can like spend, you know, six, seven, eight hours just chatting and talking. And then mm-hmm. we don't see each other for like a while. We'll message, we'll, you know, you know catch up briefly online, but it's like, it's very sporadic, right? Yeah. We've got a few, few people, few people like that. And, you know, I've tried, or we've both sort of tried to make it more or different, but that's just not how the dynamic works and having it the way it is does work. Whereas mm-hmm. other people, you're like, okay, I'm going to see you. As often as possible and that works for that relationship mm-hmm. just add some sexual energy to that and then you're uh, in that space you know if you want to
0: yeah no and i was i was explaining this um my my god bless her my 75 year old mother was trying to understand what i was talking about and i and i said you know she has more than one partner because she's you know a boomer and she's catholic and she carries all this anyways there's whole 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 story catholic guilt Oh, there's so much, so much shame. And I don't even know what's going on there, but I was raised with that. So I've had to overcome all of these things. Mm. Anyway, um, explaining to her, she goes, well, why would you blah, 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 blah? And I'm like, you have all different kinds of relationships with all your friends. They're not the same. They don't don't necessarily interact. Sometimes they all come together for a party. Mm. Sometimes they don't. You talk to them about certain things and you don't talk to them about other things. Or you You talk to all three of them as everything.
1: You've just added yeah. sex to that, and I think you've, you've, I think mm-hmm. I think most like the the common person puts sex as the peak, as the pinnacle, mm-hmm. as like the be it's all and end all. But if you if you put it the other way and go, okay, relationships and connections are the be all and end all. Then you know, explaining to to your grandma, you said like, explain to your grandma like, yeah, like you have all those relationships, and like for you, sex is just a, a little part of that, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, Yeah, we just come together in these different ways, and sometimes we'll have sex, sometimes we won't, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah,
0: and I mean. There, and there's not. I don't think there's any. There's no shame around that. I don't think there should be shame around that. I want. Like I would love to destigmatize that idea. Um It's hard coming though because it's so. We're so steeped in it in the way that we look at things. But you know, destigmatize kink and BDSM and sexually transmitted infections and de-stigmatize HSV. Destigmatize
1: everything. Yeah. Let's just. It's all.
0: Yeah. Sex work drugs everything like everything's been normal until we started putting all these boundaries around it for whatever reason for our own well-being it's it's despite
1: all of the issues in the world and obviously like you know different countries have different issues and that sort of stuff the trend seems to be with the benefit of the internet that there will be a reduction in stigma because we're able Mm -hmm. to freely express explore and discover and obviously people can fall into um like echo chambers and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the information is there and available and you know, conversations like this one conversations in general, it's just going to do benefits to, to reduce all of that stigma to make people just understand it's, it's there, it's available. You can listen to the long form nuanced discussions and it's mm-hmm.
0: great. Yeah.
1: I, I, I am aware we're coming a little bit up on time. I did want to just ask, re-ask the, the question that we moved on from and then give you some time to close any of the many loops we've opened up. Um, <laughs> Because, like you know, that's that's the nature of um, uh, ADHD trait conversations. You have eight twisting streams, and hopefully, by the end of it, they come back together to leave a lasting, um, leave a lasting uh, impression of like we've closed off the story. Side yeah. note: It's like mm-hmm. a good fiction novel. You know, you read fiction novels, and they sprout, and then by the end, if it's done well, they all come back in this awesome conclusion. That's right. That's the way I want to have conversations. So, I want to tie off the question that I, I want to I wanted to to ask you is: when you're in the DOM space. Mm-hmm. And you're dominating a male that is a male, a person that is physically stronger than you that, that could. Oh, yeah. So they chose to get up and just stop the situation. You know, there, there has to be a bit of, I guess there has to be a bit of like a gameplay or like just a, I'm speaking from my, my perspective. Cause for me, it's like, I feel like I, like I would be choosing to submit to you, but at any time I could just be like, fuck this, I'm out. You know, like what What are you going to do? You, you physically can't stop me. You know, so obviously it's a choice to submit. So maybe it's, maybe that's where we're leaning here. But I just wanted your thoughts on that. How do you dominate someone that is physically stronger than you that could just get up and leave should they choose to? Mentally, well, physically, what's the, how do you play in that space?
0: Well, I think, I think in, I mean, As a dom, you understand this at any time. Anybody can get up and walk away. The reality is as submissives, a submissive chooses to submit Hmm. a submissive says, I'm going to provide, um, I'm going to provide myself as a gift to you and give you full power. Now, if at any point that becomes unreasonable, regardless of the size, because I can make a man feel small, but obviously by keeping him beneath me, by degrading him verbally, um, by making him say, well, you know this, this is my cock, this is my ass, this is my body, this is mine to use, you're my fuck toy, it's mine. It's not yours any longer, right? And so keeping those things in mind, you play, with the, you play with the mental aspect of it and the physical aspect of it, however best you can. Now, at any point, that person can say, you know what, red, mm. full stop. There's nothing I can fucking do about that. Yeah. I've crossed a boundary at that point. However, if the person is so uncomfortable and I never want to create this space, and I would say this to anybody who's doming, you never want to create a space where you haven't fully negotiated everything you're going to do, or asked for consent if you decide to change something in scene, because you've just broken trust, mm. right? And when you break trust, that person has every right to stand up and say, "Fuck you, I'm out of here. I did not consent to this." Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, as a as a woman, now I'm six feet tall, so well, I'm I, someone okay. to be, yeah, so I'm <laughs> someone to be reckoned with anyway. Um, in terms of my physicality, um, but I'm very thin, but I can in heels, I'm six4. and so I can dominate in that way or six five if I choose, or if I put on you know heels, that might be used by an industry worker. I could be six, seven for all I know. But um, again, if you're looking to phys- there's no set rule that someone has to be smaller than you to be dominated. As long as someone is willing to submit and it's consented to, you have to go for it. Just own it as a woman who's five, two with a man who's six, six fucking lay him on his back, hog tie him, you know, whatever it is. Keep him in socks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Just keep him you know? in socks. That's so yeah, good.
0: Or, or, or just put on some wacky suspense. It's like, I, I said to my brother, he's like, every time you go to LA, it's like, the, I know what you're doing down there. I don't want to know, but I know what you're doing. It's like Disneyland knows and suddenly Donald's running to the front with his pants off. And I said, No, Donald's putting his pants on, and fucking weird Goofy is coming out with just his suspender socks and shoes on. And he's like, Oh my God. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you can find anything that'll make somebody uncomfortable and keep them in that space, or like making someone close their eyes, or, um, you know, cutting off their hearing to a degree where, you know, they don't know where you are in the room. Um, it, it could be anything. But yeah, I mean, that's a
1: very, that's a very good answer because it's like, yeah, if you, if you are playing appropriately, Mm -hmm. a simple word that anyone can speak is enough to end the scene. It doesn't matter about the physicality. And like, like you Mm -hmm. said, the submission as a gift, like I I ask this question because it's like, I, like I said, with, with past trauma, with issues, the submissive Mm -hmm. side of things is i i struggle to trust people to submit to them you know like a lot of what i do in my daily life with my martial arts training and stuff is so that i can take control right mm-hmm. um i'm obviously learning you have to when you're training you have to learn to be both sides of things sometimes someone's better than you and that is very therapeutic for me because it's like i'm I'm training with people i trust you tap out like that's the safe word tap tap mm-hmm. scene quote unquote scene ends <laughs> reset right, start right. again <laughs> and if you're with someone Stop. that's better than if you're with someone that's better than you and the time is still going, it's like, well, we're going to do this again and again and again. And obviously you can choose to leave, you can choose to stop, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting space. Um, cause it's like my, my, my preference isn't switchy, although like I'm, I'll say, can, can I be switch curious? Is that a, is that a, is that a, is that a phrase? I call myself switch curious. All right. Yeah. yeah. we'll, We'll play down that path. Um, it's just, it's, there's a lot of, um, inner work that I have to, I know I have yeah. to go through to, to open myself up to that. But your, your answers and your discussion in this podcast has been very informative to me personally. And I feel like it would be quite um, a useful resource for people because it's, you know, just understanding what to do, how to do it safely, mm-hmm. consensually, to have fun, you know, how to connect with people to, you know, it's not just about having sex and just getting yourself off. It's about, let's get ourselves off gloriously. Let's, yeah, yes. let's, you know. I can masturbate by myself. You know, it's, it's okay. You need to be able to beat that by far.
0: (laughs) Oh, wait, hold on. Now I'm self-collared, right? And I got this, yeah, I got this wonderful toy. It's a clit sucker and I can force my own orgasms. Best fucking Dom I've ever had. Me. (laughs) (laughs) I highly recommend it. Any women who are listening and you want to know about self-collaring and being your own dong, just hit me up on Instagram. I'll take you in the DMs.
1: (laughs) Okay. Hang on. Let's like, just please, just give me a little bit of a, a little bit of an understanding here. Self-collaring. So like people talk about collaring. It's like, oh, this person owns me. I'm literally potentially wearing an actual collar of someone that they've given you. It's like, I'm owned to this thing. You see it on the Instagram. They put the little locked, locked, uh, Mm -hmm. locked collar, um, emoji and um you know all of that good stuff how do you self-collar and then self-dom
0: so when you self-collar you basically take the role of owning yourself as opposed to someone owning you right because collaring typically takes place when someone you've decided to enter into the um ms right master slave realm so to speak it doesn't always have to be master slave but it's it's typically ownership or a deep commitment to the person that you're you're in this dynamic with. Hmm. Um, I just had uh, some online um, peers slash friends. He collared her and they're very happy and they've never met in person and they're just over the moon. They have a long distance. Anyway, so when you self-collar, you own yourself. So for me, self-collaring meant really hardcore vetting. It meant self-care for myself as opposed to someone directing my self-care.
1: I absolutely love love this. This is great. It's like, um, there's this, there's the, I'm aware of the non-sexual version. It's like, you know, step into your empowerment, like all of that space. It's like, no collar yourself.
0: No, collar yourself. Like it's the most empowering thing you can do because what you've essentially said, what you say it is. I am so valuable that I've decided that nobody's going to get this unless I say they can have it. And no one's going to collar me until I take my own collar off. And you might have to share the collar with me. Um, oh, and by the way, I'm going to drink 64 fluid ounces of water a day. I'm going to make sure I eat, regardless of how anxious yes. I am. Even if it's like three bites, I'm going to make myself go outside and take the dog for a walk. I'm going to go to the gym, even when I am so sore I can't move. Like I have T Rex arms amazing. from my bicep. I love this. You know? yes. Yeah. And so you just you take ownership and you go, okay, I'm going to shower today. Um, oh, it's day four. I'm going to wash my hair.
1: Yeah, I, I look. I spoke to my psychologist. She did not in any way use these terms. Um, her responsibility was like, you know, be the parent for yourself that you didn't have. Um, which uh, in
0: this space, it's really nice. You know, it's, to, it's, in, in this space, it makes it that much more fun. No, I, so, I
1: love it. It's it's this is great.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so when I, you know, when I'm down to play with myself, depending on what I'm doing, I have a brand new thruster. You know, I'm like full on pleasuring myself and I can fantasize about whatever the fuck I want or I can get off so fast and have, you know, four orgasms where I'm holding my own breath, doing my own breath play that I give myself a headache and can't walk and I need to go sit down for a minute. You know, it's like, oh wait, oh, whoa, hold on. <laughs> this, this is This great. is awesome.
1: It's, it's yeah, I love this self-empowerment, self colouring. Mm-hmm. I am, I like, I'm, I'm stealing that term. This is, um, yeah, this do is, it for uh, yourself. <laughs> this is, do yourself for yourself. Call yourself. I like this. This is, right. um, this is the message that we want to project out. We we are coming up on time, but I do want to yep. ask, is there any um, threads that we haven't tied off or any any sort of like sort of lasting things you want to drill down upon that we haven't covered open
0: floor? I think, I think we've covered anything. I just want to put out there that um, we didn't cover this, but one of the things I really want to encourage people to do is be more open-minded about HSV. Um, okay. Because it's while it's scary and you carry it for life, it's it's an inconvenience more than it is. It's uncomfortable, and it's an inconvenience more than it is a death sentence. Mm. And it's a livable situation. I have it. I have one oral, and it hardly shows up anymore um, with a daily antiviral, and it's really manageable, and I have never transmitted it. So just things to stay open-minded about when vetting partners. Don't automatically give up on someone just because they have this thing. They're probably taking mm-hmm. care of themselves, and it's a lot to carry because of the stigma around it. But it's really not that big a deal.
1: Yeah, and I guess that that comes back to the open and honest communication. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. this is this is a factor. I've got it done. This is how we do things safely, and not just for mm-hmm. HSV, but for for anything. For like anything, either, yeah. You know, for if anything. I had a conversation that's not out yet. Um, it was like um, with kink abilities. Um, you know, my, um, two, two people on the podcast talking about how they play with or within the disability space. And it's the same, mm-hmm. you know, it's a similar sort of, sort of feel just like, Hey, this is what I, this is what I have. This is the thing. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, there is a lot of stigma down all these different paths. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, just talk, be open. Yeah, right? just,
0: yeah. I mean, I put it right out on field that this is what I have and it probably lessens my chance with people. But if those people are going to consider that, a, you know, something that they can't deal with, they're not my person anyway. So. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And yeah. if you want to explore switching, you can. I'll coach you through. I'll be your <laughs> pro switch. <laughs>
1: pro switch. Thank you very much. All right, I'll put I'll put um, a link to your your social for some of the fun meets. Um, mm-hmm. I'll chuck the links to those books that we mentioned. And yeah, thank you so much for your time jumping on. This has been uh, very informative and engaging, and I think it's going to help a lot of people.
0: Great, thanks, Zach. It's been a, an absolute pleasure. I'm glad we got to do it. Yeah.
1: I just want to give a super special thank you to Stacia for jumping on board the podcast like I said in the intro this conversation was super empowering I really resonate with the idea of healing from anxious attachments I hate the feeling of my mental state and my mind being beholden to other people and the ability to have that sense of self-worth not being dictated by the actions and words of others is one of my major goals in life. And you know, the more intimate you are with the person, i.e. sex, the harder it is to have that separation, or at least in my mind. So Stacia's a little bit of a role model for me in this stage, because yeah, that's something to attain. I've put a link in the show notes to her Instagram account so you can follow along. As well as to the books that we mentioned in the interview. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so in a number of ways. The absolute best way would be to just to tell someone about it, give it a rate and review, talk it up, share, be like, hey, this would be good for you to listen to, or I really enjoyed this, it's a bit hot. <laughs> but beyond that, if you like, you can grab yourself a copy of Kink Volume 1. The ebook is only a couple of bucks, and I narrate the audio. Or you could consider jumping on board the Patreon. Patreon supporters on the $5 per month tier get early access to all podcast episodes, exclusive access to the Soldier Soundbites and the Kinky Community Discord channel, as well as a bunch more benefits and bonuses. But beyond that, the support helps me to be able to dedicate the time to connect, edit, record and upload all of the podcasts that I've got up, as well as commit more time to writing and sharing all of the memes on the Instagram. (laughs) So if you value that, if you want those bonuses, please consider signing up to the Patreon. You could also support yourself and support the podcast by heading over to honeyplaybox.com for any of your play-based needs. You'll get 20% off store-wide on all toys, ties, whips, chains, everything when you use the coupon code KINKY at checkout. And now, I'll leave you with a piece from the book Kink, Volume 1. Have a great day. The Siren's Call. Heed this warning, one and all. Temptations abound that you may befall. A bounty of women just a click away, ready and willing, no need to pay. Every position, perversion and pleasure. Every fantasy possible, fulfilled forever. All you need to do is open your phone, press a few buttons, then get yourself alone. What we have here are the sirens of old, pulling men off course and taking their gold. With their songs in their bodies, they do tempt, and not even the most pious can keep themselves exempt. The sirens would pose, prance, and start to sing. They will promise to do literally everything, whispering deeds that could rouse the dead, forcing all men to stop thinking with their head. Now you may say that none of this really matters, but if left unchecked, your life will end in tatters. What happens when we watch people fucking like rabbits? What does that do to our nocturnal habits? How can a real woman possibly hope to match the perfect bodies, boobs, or snatch of those sirens that you can easily summon exactly what you want at the click of a button? Reality is distorted by such perfection, it takes away the chance at real connection. If you're hoping your lady will act like a siren, you'll miss all the sexiness that's worth admiring. It's not her job to put on a show, yet here she is and she's ready to go. But now you can't even get it up, not even when she gives you a hearty warm-up. Then you'll blame her for not doing it right for wearing the wrong clothes or not being so tight. When really the sirens have made you totally numb, sexually impotent and socially dumb. But what does it matter when you can find online every variation of sex you could possibly divine? Do you want to see a nun sucking her thumb whilst a furry sticks a dildo into her bum? Just search a few minutes for a visual feast. A few more clicks and you'll be watching a priest. Nothing in real life will ever compare to all those things the sirens choose to share. But forgotten will be the dirty words said, or all the smut you've had in a real bed. Lost will be the memories of true debauchery, like how she used her tongue like an act of sorcery. All the time she dressed up in thigh-high boots, or when she chose not to wear her swimsuits. Those things all happened, and they happened to you. But the siren's call has left you in the loo. If you think you're not trapped, just take this test. Try going a week without observing a siren's breast. Don't watch or click or view them at all. Be honest. How long did it take for you to fall? If the siren's call was instead labelled a drug, you would be considered an addict, a fiend, a bug. But because most men are trapped as well, no one acknowledges their internal hell. So heed this warning, one and all. Temptations abound, that you may befall. A bounty of women, just to click away. Ready and willing. No need to pay.
0: You've been listening to the Kinky Conversations podcast.